Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hawk Talk. We are back. I'm here with my EP co-host, main man, Colin Man. We've got a lot to cover today. DeJounte Murray hit a game winner against Orlando Magic. However, he's still hotly involved in trade talks. Pascal Siakam is finally off the trade market. But first, we start with Colin's takeaways from last night's game. Colin, what do you think about uh, last night's win over Orlando? We were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. Yeah, it was great. It was just great to see, man. Um, it's almost like a different style win than what we've had, you know, over the past month or so. We were down most of the game, you know, in it, but not having the lead, really. Um, yeah. And then just down the stretch, just closed it out. And that's that's the Hawks team that we used to have all the time. So it was definitely pleasant to see. For sure. And it was a big win because, like, Orlando, they're no longer the scrubs. Like, yep. 22 and 19, they're right there in the thick of it of the play-in uh scenarios right now they're the eighth seed the hawks ahead of us yeah exactly and that young scrappy team that were they used to kind of uh you know give us fits a couple years ago now they're becoming legitimate eastern conference uh postseason contenders for sure so i thought that was big i thought it was just one win, but it felt like it did a lot more for morale. I think it was important that it was DeJounte who hit the shot. Yeah. Now. And two in a row, baby. That's a streak for us. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So uh um, also we uh we don't know how it's going to affect his uh quote feud with Paulo Bank Bancaro. So uh-huh. uh we'll see next year uh, the crossover in Seattle. We'll see if they they Facts. pick it back up. But it's another installment of that rivalry. And uh yeah, man, like you said, two straight wins, Hawks split five of their last 10 games and mm-hmm. come at a better time. Cause it felt like the negative publicity was in the negative headlines have been building up. The trade talks have been building up. Is this fool's go fool's gold or do we have reason to be optimistic? Um, you know, for another Hawks patented late season turnaround. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the standings right now, we've been playing like some of the worst basketball, some of the worst Hawks basketball in the past, like four or five years, like I would debate and yeah. we're, 10th and we're in the plan so it's like we easily could just turn it around a little bit and get back into that you know seven eight range uh maybe sneak in the sixth spot if someone struggles a little bit um but yeah i mean for how bad we're playing and not being like too far out like we're playing like the worst we could possibly ever play really mm-hmm. and we're not yeah. far out so you know you can't lose too much hope if that's the way you look at it Facts. I couldn't imagine like a much worse stretch at than all. We had like, how could we have played worse than what we're what we've done this year? Yeah, and there are some seriously lopsided games. One, I think, it almost felt like a breaking point. It was like uh, the Washington Wizards game. Dude, that Wizards game was back. brutal. Brutal. Yeah, letting letting a six win now seven win team just run up a score on you. That one felt really bad. And that's when when we saw the DeJounte Murray trade talk kind of uh, hit an all-time high. At home, too. And I think, of course, the Athletic and the Ringer, they have, like, their takedowns. Like, they have those keyed up. They're so ready mm-hmm. to hit send on those whenever they get the chance. Um, 
But um, again, two straight wins. Trey has um, reiterated his faith in Quinn Snyder and the system, which yep. is important. That's great. Unfortunately, I don't have much faith in the ownership group. And, Fair. you know, obviously I think the front office is very competent, very smart, but they're going to take their marching orders from what the ownership want. And it just seems, I just have this bad feeling that they're going to want to shed salary. And, you know, they, it seems like they already had buyer's remorse on DeJounte after they extended him this past summer. The Clint Capella, um, future of Clint Capella in Atlanta feels, it's starting to feel kind of like John Collins uh, in Atlanta. So, you know, do you have any expectation, high expectation for them improving the roster? Are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? What should fans expect over the next uh, month or so? I would be surprised if there's no moves to be made for sure, because just because of where we are with the cap situation coming off of this year, um, you know, we've already paid, Capella's got a big contract. Bogey's got a big contract. Obviously, DJ Hunter's got a solid big deal. So does Inyeka. Like, we have all these deals. We're going to have to pay Jalen soon. We're going to have to be under the cap. We want to sign anyone else who's not on our team. So it's like, I don't see a scenario where we don't trade anyone. But at the same time, like, we are so passive on moves that I could just see us just doing nothing because we just don't do stuff a lot of the time. I'm at the exact same conclusion as you. Somebody was asking me the other day, they're like, man, like they're a big DJ fan. And they're like, man, so DeJounte going to get traded? I was like, I don't know, honestly. I know. The Hawks never make big moves. We drag our feet, bro. Them. We drag our feet. Yeah, and we love to um, sell at all-time lows. Yep. We like to kill any trade momentum or any leverage. And... It just seems like every January, February. Oh, by the way, I should reiterate, or I should at least say that Thursday, February 8th is the trade deadline. We've got mm -hmm. 11 games to the trade deadline. Let me go on the record now saying the Hawks will look good over the next 11 games. Yep. Give this front office and the ownership, <laughs> the fans, some just enough hope. hope. <laughs> yeah, just some false hope to where they're like, hey, you know what? They're turning it around. They're showing their full potential. Let's ride it out. Let's see. Yeah. And then, you know, in the summertime, then let's just give these guys some time to gel and figure it out for once. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And I'll be damned if we're not going to be like eighth or ninth in the <laughs> playing tournament yeah. and face against my face off against Miami or something. So that that's my prediction my prediction is the hawks will not make a major move over the next month i could absolutely see the scenario you just described happen you know we got a little momentum here we got 11 games to prove to the front office hey don't trade anyone we figure it out for like eight of those 11 games and then we just go back to like 500 basketball and they're like the eighth seed in the east or ninth seed in the east like that easily that could happen for sure for sure that's what they do we're kind of used to it um so not to be messy, but if you could see some play, if you you were running the front office, mm -hmm. are there any teams you, or any players you want to go ahead and get off of, get off their contract, see them go? I mean, like, me personally. You, are, have you seen enough with some players? Me personally, Hunter, just there's no spot for him on this team in the salary cap. <laughs> Thank and, and the, you. In the Thank contract you. that we're paying him. Um, and also to me, this might sound crazy to people because I know that there's a lot of big Inyeka fans out there. But I think that he still has some trade value and his contract isn't that bad. But to us, if we got rid of him and Hunter, um, that's a lot of money for us. That's We have tons of money and we can keep DJ in that scenario because I don't want to give up on DJ at this point. Um, but I wouldn't surprise me if the front office goes the opposite route, trades DJ and gets our money that way. But we, to me, it makes we have to get the money one way or another unless yeah. we're just going forward with this crappy team like for and however long just, we want to 
Yeah, and go into the luxury tax for a crappy, you know, middle of the road. We know game. that's not happening with wrestler. It, exactly. So uh, you you cited contracts. Um, Onyeka, he is on the books for another eight uh, million this season, but then his contract, the extension goes up to 14, 15, 16, yeah. all the way through uh, the 2028 season. Not terrible, but you it's know, not it's, bad at all. But with that, with Hunter, you know, that and, is a lot of money. And that leads me to my next point. Hunter's making 20, 21, 23, 24 Crazy. before he becomes. Yeah, Crazy. exactly. I, I've seen enough with DeAndre Hunter. Great dude, great locker room guy. He will have a long NBA career as a two-way player. Yeah, but not, but no, man. I, I've seen enough. Like I, I hate to you know bring up injuries because no player wants to be injured. But your greatest ability is availability. Yep. You know, and it just he's not on the court enough. And when he is, he's streaky as hell. And you know, I, I I'm good on that. Like you said, I love Okongwu. Uh, I was an early, uh, you know, not I, I don't want to say everybody just had a lot of hopes for him after the mm-hmm. after that Bucks 2021 playoff Absolutely. series where he looked so good. So I'm not going to like claim like I saw <laughs> something that we all didn't see on TV. So um, obviously, like I like Okongwu, but at the end of the day, he is just in between a four and a five. Exactly. And it just you know we he needs to be one or the other. Capella, he's north of thirty. Yeah. And I get you know, that yeah. people think Capella is just bad at this point. I understand why they think that because he misses layups. He is yes. a, he had a bad rebounding game last night, but he is a great rebounder, especially defensively. I mean, both sides, but he is such a good rim protector on defense as well that it's like, if you can have a center that can just do that and be good at those things, like that's all you really need, especially with our team who's just jacking up threes and running pick and rolls. So you're right. Also, I want to correct me. something. Okay. Um, Capello is 29. He turns 30 in um in November. So he's got a okay. minute. He's not he's not right, quite north of 30. Yeah. <laughs> just what, like let's just say 38. You know, as, as capital J journalists, we want to make sure we get those right. And yeah, I agree. He's still averaging over 11 and 10 per game. Like that's mm-hmm. that's solid. Like a lot of NBA teams would sign up for that. Totally. Just like, can we for once sell high on some players? Yeah. And you know, I would just like to see this team just do like a midseason remix, which they won't do, but I think it'd yeah. be cool. Like kind of like reminds me of when I forget whether it was like 2017. It was like LeBron's last season with the Cavs. Mm-hmm. And he at first they had this god awful roster. It was like Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, Isaiah Thomas. Yep. And they at the trade deadline, they just traded everybody. Everyone. They just completely shook everything up and had a different different team going forward. Like I think that's what this team needs at a certain point. Like you know, um, they got to shit or get off the pond to Jante for one thing. Yeah. And then uh, the rest of some of these guys, like we've, we've seen what they've got and it, they're not championship players. And, you know, as I say, you play to win the game, Colin, you yeah, play to a- win the game. And after last night, you would think the DeJounte's trade value is at an all time high. So a logical person might think, Hey, it's now or never with it, but you know, Hey, I, maybe I'm thinking too rational over here. I think that's it. Um, so how do you feel about DeJounte? Like it's the Lakers, of course, the Lakers, you know, as the Lakers guy, you know, my affinity for that um, uh, organization is pretty well mm-hmm. documented. The Lakers get everything they want. They get at bargain basement prices. That worries me. I'm a, I'm really worried about the Lakers getting DeJounte. Like if not now, if not the season, maybe the summer, but at some point for like, Austin Reeves and like a couple, couple second round picks. Yeah. Like that worries me when I hear the Lakers. I know somebody's about to get, you know, worked over in a trade. 
And that's why, in my opinion, I don't want to give up on DeJounte at this point because mm -hmm. you'd be trading him to a good team and DeJounte is such a good player that he'd probably thrive in a new environment, like just off of just being a good ball dominant guy. Um, that's why I lean towards the trading some of the younger guys. They're not younger, but younger than DeJounte. Just I think DeJounte, ceiling. exactly. I think I agree with that, but I also think DeJounte is just not in a good role or good setup for him yeah. to thrive right now like just at the end of the day is it is what we fear just two ball dominant point guards he and trey and mm -hmm. to their credit they've made it work you know to some degree like you know and they've made it work you know uh off the court and in the locker room and all that stuff you know we haven't heard of any drama you know other than like maybe like shrugging their shoulders here and there on the court you know some minor stuff like that but um it is of course he's going to do better somewhere else where he's not where he's not having to be in a role that he's uncomfortable with. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, we need to like wrap our minds around the fact that if he goes to LA or somewhere else, like he will look better than he's playing right now. Yeah, totally, man. Um, Pat, so I want to talk about some of the ugliness that we've seen over the past month. Okay. Why, why is it that when a team puts a press on us in the fourth quarter that we look like a high school team that just hasn't, learned how to beat a press break like like why do we just absolutely lose our minds in that moment every time uh, i don't know especially with like two all-star caliber point guards and Trey and dejounte you think we'd be all right in breaking that that is an excellent question uh let's you uh you give me your reason you pontificate while i pull up some statistics i don't know what i'm asking you dude uh <laughs> for me it's just like all right they're obviously gonna press Trey when they're down by like you know a manageable amount with you know not a large amount of time left yeah you know that they're going to try to cut off the inbound pass to trey they might put two people on him why is like our threes and fours like uh sadiq and C C capella or whoever's down there they'll be down like just chilling by like on the three mm -hmm. point line it's like dude come help like go yeah, help here yeah uh, yeah that that is frustrating and for some reference the hawks have regressed mightily in um in protecting the ball they're 20th now in turnovers they're mm -hmm. um got a good old 14.2 uh turnovers per game um we had a lot last night yeah yeah for sure for reference last year they um were third in turnovers they're 12.9 year before that uh, they were first 11.9 wow so so we're absolutely moving the year before that ninth like we're absolutely moving in the wrong direction on mm -hmm. that one so hear me out on this one okay coaching change there you know there are plenty of veterans like you know what there's this young uh guy who's an assistant coach on the indiana pacers he's got a history of player development and uh, there's also this one guy out there who uh, you know he coached on team usa the redeem team in 2008 oh, no. Yeah, I mean, there's just some there's some coaching candidates out there, and they could maybe uh, help shape this organization, give it an identity. What What do you think about that? Uh, I don't think so. But uh, no, the fact that you so? bring the fact that you bring up the Pacers, I I wrote something down funny while I was at the Pacers game that we got killed at. Yeah. Uh, Rick Carlisle called a timeout 47 seconds into the game. I don't know if you're watching that game, but it was literally 47 that. seconds into the game. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, we're how's there already a timeout? Like." It was mind blowing, and they won. So you know you can't uh, can't hate, but yeah. it was very uh, noteworthy. I thought. 
did we get? I mean, obviously you weren't listening. You were unable to listen to the broadcast, and I missed that one. Uh, yeah, did, I was there. Did we get an explanation? Like, no, was I'm, it just somebody? He, he was like pissed. I think we, I think we made a three, and then another basket, and they just like called a timeout. It was five nothing. I'm pretty sure that's. Oh happened. man, I hate heavy-handed coaching. <laughs> like, bro, t- relax. It's an 82 game season. Take a step back. Like Popovich, really. Like Popovich does that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. Like just to make a point, just to just to be a contrarian and that sort of thing. And Carlisle is. Uh, I don't know if he if he's from the Popovich coaching tree or not, but they're mm-hmm. of the same, cut from the same cloth, sort of. And, and I hate that style of coaching. Yeah, there definitely but, are yeah. some points though when Quinn, it's like. Time out here, time out here, and then he does it, and then they get another two points, and and then then he calls it. And it's like, bro, I feel like he's gotta gotta be a little more active with it in these close games, or when we're losing it too. So, so you want him calling more timeouts? I just think he's calling them too late sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like he's like mm-hmm. waiting another play or two when it's like, because all right, that, they just made two yeah. threes in a row, call a timeout, and then they make because, the threes yeah. and they get a steal and get a layup, and then they call a timeout. It's like could have prevented that. Yeah, obviously, I was joking about Lloyd Pierce and Nate McMillan, but you know, <laughs> obviously, <that was> all, <laughs> obviously, since it, but yeah, um, I mean, that was one of the main complaints we had we had with them, especially Nate McMillan, but yeah. like his, his timeouts. And I can't lie, I've been extremely underwhelmed with uh Quinn Snyder yeah. so far. Like, I thought he was just like a grand slam hire last year, and you know, Trey, it's most important that Trey is bought in and everything, yeah. but and he has. Through, yeah, and he's but you know, Quinn's been on the job for eleven months now, and you know, eleven okay. months is enough time to like judge some results, yeah. you know, go off some results. And uh, I I can pull up his record, but obviously it's got a lot of well south of you know, well south of five hundred with the same team. AJ Griffin, you know, I'm gonna keep bringing that up. He never plays anymore. Um, I don't know how much player development we're doing. Pretty much, you know, uh, we're still paying Nate McMillan. By the way, like it, I just. Haven't been impressed. Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of casual Hawks fans around the 680 office, and they know that, you know, I'm in the weeds a little bit more. So a lot of times people just ask me, like, general questions. And, like, the yeah. thing I keep going back to is this season would literally be a lost season if it wasn't for Jalen Johnson, in my opinion. Like, we are yeah. just literally witnessing a person break out from a below-average player to – a very 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 good player in this league um and i think that he's going to keep going and i feel like you know over the past month he's probably set his career high like five different times you know he like like every game he breaks his career high that he just broke last week um and so i just like i tweeted this the other day before i went to the hawks game like i'm just here for jalen johnson like and then that's not a lie like i'm literally just he is the reason that i'm able to just still pay attention this year and you know act like yeah, yeah potential. you're excited and how much exactly. do you credit that to quinn snyder yeah obviously like i talked about his lack of results like uh, obviously um we were very down on nate mcmillan for how little he played jalen johnson yeah. it's like he was forced into at certain points and jalen johnson went from averaging uh 15 minutes per game to 32 minutes per game 5.6 mm-hmm. points to 15 points per game like major major jump this year is that quinn is that jalen combination of both what do you think yeah, definitely a combo. Um, I think obviously Jalen had to have the raw potential there, and everyone and saw John it. Collins. We had to get oh. John out of the way. Yeah, yeah. and that. Oh, which, uh, by the way, he's back on the trading block. Tell me if you think we should bring dude, him back. Just literally, this man. Just what is it? Some of these players, it's just you are gonna always be on the trading block every single time. 
always. That's it. That's it. I don't know if it's just like um, the NBA trade machine never sleeps, if it's content, yeah. or if it's just their tradable contracts, their malleable players. <laughs> or his I, best I friend know. is just always leaking his name every time. Yeah. His, his homie. Yeah, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's it. But yeah, so for you, yeah, obviously Jalen Johnson um, is like the main yeah. reason. Back to the credit though, I do yeah. give Quinn some of that credit because Nate had none of that before. Like zero of that was happening when Nate was here. Uh, and it started at the end of last year when Quinn did get here, when Jalen started playing more. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how much I give to him, but I do give him a little bit of it. Um, and that's just what I've been clinging on to this year. I feel you. I think also we've got to keep in mind, uh, I just always got to mention just how great Trey has been playing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, 27 and 11, roughly. Um, his statistics aren't all that different from his um, all NBA season, 21-22. Um, you know, he's shooting at about 36% from three. So obviously, like, after a slow start, he turned things around. He's having another great season. Um so I think individually, you know, it's always awesome to see Trey. I, I just wanted to see it convert to wins and translate to wins at the end no of doubt. the day. You know, I know they say in like uh, in football, like winning isn't a QB statistic. Do you think uh, winning is a point guard statistic in the NBA or at least a superstar statistic in the NBA? So I do kind of think that winning is a QB statistic, even though people don't say it is in the NFL. Like, like not that I would like I always judge people on that, but I think that people are very much judged on that. Um, and I would say in the NBA, it's like it's like superstar, you know, not necessarily point guard, but like okay. Trey, LeBron, Tatum, Yon, you know, whoever. Like yeah, if they, they're the yeah. big player on that team, they're gonna be judged for how good their team's doing, whether or not, you know, they're having one of their best seasons ever. Uh yeah. Pat, I got one thing I want to bring up to you before we finish. Okay. What do you think about calling the State Farm Arena the farm? Okay. Oh, I like it. I think it's saucy. I think it's very not spicy. Bad. Not bad, no, right? Not... So um, where is this something that came up to you? Just like Someone just casually said it one day, and I was farm. like, that's kind of good. The farm. Down at the farm. Of course, I'm for it, man. Because I'm so anti-corporate naming rights of all these yeah. stadiums now. Stay for like, Marina, stay for Marina. Like, come on, everyone exactly. calls it Phillips Arena still, anyways. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, obviously, I hate all that. I think that's um, just a sign of the dystopian future we currently inhabit. And also, like, <laughs> I miss miss the days of when stadiums and arenas were named after like wars and memorials mm. and politicians, like memorials, Hubert, yeah. H. Humphrey, Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome or like War <laughs> Memorial. You know what, like. Like, just does everything have to be so corporate yeah. now? Can we have just like a dingy arena where like there may be a smoking section? Like, can we can we do that? Like, go back and look. Like, there's this one Braves um, account I love on Twitter. It's like Braves mm -hmm. on TBS, oh, yeah. and they'll you know they'll show the clips from back in the day, and you'll just have like casual cigarette commercials yep. in the middle of the broadcast. And like, can we can we do that? Does everything have to be so corporate and so friendly? Yeah. So sorry, that was a, that was a quick aside but yeah uh i'm for i'm all for the farm anything to, to stick it to the man to stick it to the insurance companies and to kind of make things feel you know a little bit more lively a little less corporate i'm all for it, man like that's right up my alley oh yeah I, I thought you might like that one yeah i like yeah of course so i think that's an excellent point any other uh suggestions y'all have for um unofficially renaming state farm arena uh 
send them our way. Uh, it's at Colin. So Grovey at Pat underscore Benson underscore junior. Uh, Colin, before we get out of here, when's the next get? Do you have a game you're going to attend soon? I don't know, man. I mean, I, at this point, they're kind of, I've been getting all the emails. I think they just credential me every game, even if I don't request, which is nice. So I can just kind of show nice. up whenever, but I don't know. It's, it's tough, bro. It's, uh, it's tough. I mean, after these two wins, it makes me want to go more, but you know, over the past month, it hasn't been like a, oh, I'm jumping to get down there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Although for crowds sure. have been good though. Crowds have been surprisingly good. Yeah, for sure. Attendance has been solid. So yeah, absolutely. We, yeah, well, I appreciate your uh, hardcore reporting as always. Boots <laughs> on the ground. Shout, shout out to all of our listeners. Keep uh, tweeting at us, sending us those clips, pictures, videos, of all that stuff when you're at the games. We love it. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Hawk Talk. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.